Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Hello. Oh, she uh, Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Woo. Walk it like I talk it. You. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Woo. Walk it like I talk it. Hey. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Hey, welcome back to Fry Dudes, and for those joining us for the first time, thanks for giving us a test ride. Uh, yeah, you're on for a bit of a journey, and uh, listen, I, we are a bunch of group of, uh, we say flawed dudes, right? We're pursuing truth, what works, what doesn't in life. Uh, we're talking about how to share, share uh, the hope and light of Christ versus not freaking people out, <laughs> and it is easier said than done sometimes. So uh, I appreciate these guys being bold and in, in, in sharing and what has worked and what has not worked. And I'm sure you got your ideas as well. So uh, anyway, take this in. Uh, again, apologize for the audio quality. We're working on it. I think 2020, we'll make it a goal here to uh, step it up and hopefully invest into another microphone. Until then, enjoy. Thanks. Thanks all for joining. Uh, uh, as I said before, sometimes I know exactly what we're going to be talking about, and we do. And then sometimes I know what we're going to talk about, and we don't. <laughs> and then, then sometimes the, the dudes that, that attend here will, will, will bring us on to the path. The theme that's, that, that's been given to this, this week is how do we share Christ's life? How, how, how do we best encourage our loved ones? And uh, many just sit around this table have opened up or they have a close family member or, or a neighbor who um, they're in fire about what this is and what this truth is. And we're going to cover in Luke 1 here, here momentarily, but how do we best share? So um, for those that are willing to open up on, on either who they're trying to reach or you don't need to mention names, but it's like, and then also I want to open it up the table for those that have best practices. I'm going to quick share a couple though. Um, one, this, this party got started, by the way, on uh, an op-ed that uh, was out a week ago in the Star Tribune. I want to honor the family. I'm not going to name the names, but it was basically a guy who was, he was on his deathbed. And he wrote his letter. He's very well written. And he said something along the lines of, don't have a pity party for me, please. It drives me crazy. We will have another session, by the way, of what not to say when people die or are dying. We are. We're going to have that session, as difficult a subject that is. And then, um, but then he also said, also, don't come to me trying to do this last minute, like you're a broker between me and God. Or It had a... Uh, had an edge to it that I was like, okay, this I'm, I, I'm getting the take that this guy's not a God guy, and he's gonna go to his grave that way. And then it, the Star Tribune said later, like, and I, by the way, an Alfredus family, I don't know the whole story. It's just the way it read. There was no, there was no, glory be to God, uh, I'm, I'm okay. There was where I hear other people that are dying that have Christ in their heart. They're like, don't worry about me. I know where I'm going. You know, there's that. There's this. Uh, attitude of hope and, and faith and truth. I didn't get the sense on this one, and I might be wrong. So for those that want to read it, I'll be glad to forward it to you. You can you can uh, read it for yourselves. Uh, then lastly was something about, you know, I'm gonna be, I'll be cremated, and then I, I'll be in an envelope next to my dog in the drawer until my wife goes, and then we'll have our final parking spot. And it just, it, it, it just dragged on my heart a bit, because I was like, I don't want my drip, final parking spot to be a drawer or 
You know what I'm saying? They might remains are going to be, but I firmly believe that's our body is temporary. Uh, I absolutely believe we have a spirit and and a soul, and there's a um, this place called heaven. Anyway, that's what's been heavy on your hearts, right? So everyone, we've had a few people have the courage to speak up here around this table about I, I so badly want to reach my neighbor, or I want to reach my my brother or my sister-in-law. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how best to share and 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 uh, or or not knowing how to share the doubt. So open it up. <laughs> it's a hard subject. I'll, I'll admit. I'll go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, currently, I'm having this challenge with my family. Um, they're coming up for Christmas this weekend. Um, and my hope is, I, I know they all have God on their heart. Um, it's, it's just I have, you know, a passion right now that, that I've been very fortunate to have found Christ and the love that he's given to me. Um, so this weekend, um, we're not going to be together on Christmas to go to church. So I wanted us all to go to church this weekend. And I've run into the challenge um, where... Not all of them want to go. Um, I have one, and I think I got two of the three that are going to go because I've just been like laying out little innuendo speed traps, uh, putting the offering out there. I laid the offering out there to my sister to go to church. That's the one I'm having the problem with right now. Or not problem, but she does. Um, I think it's her husband that's got a hardened heart. Um, for some reason, he just will not go to church. But I. Said, she said, well, you guys can go to church on Sunday. We're going to take off. And I, I said to her, I said, well, well, that's good. We can go on Saturday night then. Right. You know, so she, <laughs> she found a little bit of humor in that. But the thing is, uh, I just, I want them, you know, I, I know right now that I'm in a really good place. And I love the place that I'm in. And I want well, sure. them to feel it. Yeah. The love that I feel. So, like I said, I've been laying those little, little into windows and traps out there for my. Uh, we have our, I have my high school group where I. Uh, <laughs> I write. We write notes back and forth because we're going through the 21 day challenge with John, and I've been asking him how you guys doing all this, and well, this one I sent out a note um, to my sisters and brothers and my family members that. Uh, said something like this uh, and it was like I was writing to my, my group but I sent it to them and uh, it said uh, to the effect uh, thank you for uh, coming to church the retreat was great because we had a retreat church retreat and then um, along with that we uh, I said thanks for helping out with heart and, and serving and then I sent it you know I said look forward to see you tonight I sent it, and then about five minutes later, I wrote, oops, wrong group. I don't know if that's deception or not, but I, right. I mean, I was just trying to lay the little you're, things to get my family She's going to hear this, and now you're busted. Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 I hope she hears this. I just want you to know where my heart is. Your, your, heart, your heart's in the right spot, so let's, let's go a little bit. I, you, you got me on one thing right away, and that is, please, anyone here and listening, need to have empathy like Jesus did. So immediately, I think about my two brothers-in-law, they're atheists. 
But I also know Chad, he was burnt. There's something, something wrong with the church early in life. Something he hasn't shared, but you can feel the anger. There's something pent up. For my other brother-in-law, he lost his dad when he was eight. Would that be enough to make you, as a young lad, say, come on, God, what's, God wouldn't take my dad away at eight. I don't blame him for asking that question. So make, I want to make sure as we go around the table here, one best practice is have empathy in the heart to try to at least understand why this person, right, is, is pushed away or, or is closed. Something either hurt, something, something happened. So thank you, brother. I love your heart. Anyone else go? Two gutter balls that I've found in my life that I don't know if I've ever learned how to navigate around. One is um, when you're on fire and you can't hold it in, and a lot of times that can push other people away. And you're not trying to. You're just right. you're just sharing this, you know, awesomeness that you found. And the other one is where you, you care so much about the other person that you just want them to be okay. Yeah. You just want them to you know find salvation like you have. Um, and they may, you know, if you were to look at it from an outside perspective, you might go, oh man, yeah, I was really pushing that. Or, yeah, I was a bit strong. Or, like, if you're a new Christian and you're on fire, your viewpoints are going to change <laughs> over the next five years on major topics so many times that they're going to look back at you and go, you don't even know what you believe. Uh, you know, and it's so hard. And I ran into that with best friends and family members. And that's one of my, you know, difficult points. Like, if any of you guys ever come across that, and how do you know? Say by Kara Guapo, that resonated. Or you give a firm yes? Oh, or yeah. So there's, um, when Jesus met the prostitute at the well, yeah. he, obviously he knew her heart, but he talked to her about her story mm. and the hurt that she had gone through. And and she looked at him with wonder of like, first of all, you shouldn't even be talking to me or it's, it's the wrong, this doesn't culturally fit. Right. It's the wrong time of day. It's all of these things. And uh, Jesus was kind. He loved her. He yep. didn't sell her anything. Uh, but he did say, you know, after she had opened her heart, then he said, I have, some, I have water for you that will, you'll never thirst again. And then she wanted more. Mm. And this is the... This is the, the one of the harder things is I always have a picture in my mind of a large like rock face, like a climbing wall of you. And and there are some small cracks in it that if you follow you can climb all the way to the top. And those cracks change in size. Water gets in there and it freezes and it expands and the crack gets wider and and that's how you know, the rock opens up. And your heart can be just like that. And you can try to get in there with a jackhammer and break someone else's heart open, but you're going to do a lot of damage. Mm, um, eat a lot of And yeah, it's exactly. Instead, it's find that you're talking about hurt. Mm -hmm. Someone who's got hurt or who's been burned or just has questions or whatever else it is. You've got to find that place where that hurt lives and speak to it. And you, and you can't, you're not going to teach someone to Christ. Right. By the way, anyone first... So is it Matt? Where the is it the woman in the well? Does anyone remember exactly where that is? That was John. Is it John? Thank you, Peter. All right, good. It's good to know. Uh, uh, but 
the theme here, right? Um, come on, don't be dumb. You need to believe in this, or that's not it. Jesus met with heart and understanding. And going back to that guy's op-ed was kind of feeling like you're talking down to me. Don't talk down to me, right? Jesus looked up the way I like to look at it, right? He's down, he's looking up, or he's meeting at least eye to eye and just saying, or at least he had the benefit of knowing the story. For us, we need to understand. So what I'm hearing from you both. It is, and the only way you can understand is to actually love somebody, and sometimes that requires listening. Yeah, I'll you take, know. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll take that a step further as far as the, the love. I think the big key on the love, too, is that it's unconditional love. Sometimes you love someone so much in mm-hmm. your, your family, and you know you deliver the message that you think is the right message to, to deliver, and, and they reject it. So when they reject it and they go off and do their their own thing, just continue to love them. Because I think what a lot of times ends up happening is some point in their life, whatever they're turning to for that acceptance or to feel good, they realize that, that that's not enough. And maybe it's 10, 20 years later, but then they come back to you and then they, they see what you're about and you sh- should greet them with open arms and say, I love you just like you did on, on day one. But that's very difficult to do because our pride gets in the way sometimes when they reject us. You know, come on, you don't know what you're talking Right. Let's go right Thank now. Beautiful, Grant. Thank you. Peter. Just uh, Jesus said nobody comes to Jesus unless the Father draws them, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I I struggle with a lot of these things we're talking about here because I've tried to reach out to different people. But I know for me, the guy that had the biggest effect on me, I, I used to work with people with disabilities, help them find jobs. One of my clients only had one arm, right? One arm, and he had a stroke a while back. And I knew there's God had been working on my heart already. Okay, so I was ready. He didn't deliver some kind of a message to me, but I knew something was different about him. He didn't even have to tell me he went to church. And he struggled with depression. He struggled with loneliness or whatever, but man, he just told me one day, he said, Pete, we gotta get you saved. You know, and I was just like, man, who are you talking to? How do you know I'm not already saved? You know? Right, right, right. But you can't really get mad at somebody that only has one arm, you know? So, no, I was there, you know? So anyways, that, that guy had the impact on me, and you know, I was ready. God worked on my okay. heart. He did the work. And so, so that was my man lifted you up. He did? <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. So now I told you about Pastor Derek a little bit, right? For those that remember, uh, well, everyone goes to the same church, for the record, anyone listening. But we're, some of us go to this church called Hosanna, and there was a, once upon a time a pastor named Derek. And Derek had this whole thing about being a contagious Christian. And he's definitely one of my favorite speakers ever. He's uh, this guy from England. He's got this, so you can imagine the, the accent and the, the, the English wit to him. He's super funny. But he said, um, uh, you, yeah, you, the heart needs to be ready. So whoever is on your radar that you would love to encourage, right? Whomever that is, the heart, think of the hardest heart. Um, one, you, you, you need to pray. You do start with prayer. That's where it starts. You, you lift up that person, and you lift up that person. And then you serve. Love. So connecting dots and, and going, up, going out of your way just to do things with no strings. Just because that is the right thing to do. As a human, we should be loving each other, helping each other, serving each other. Okay? And then, ask. So, yeah, asked, hey, would you go to church? Our mom, this, I don't know how much longer she's got left. But, um, you ask, or, or where are you at? And, and, um, and then, 
a lot of times you'll be rejected and cycle around again. Prayer, serve, ask. And over time, um, you'll be surprised. Well, one, Peter, going back to you, sometimes when you pray, God will just put people in your path. And it's like, it's, oh, thank you. This is, that was, there, there are easier ones where you can help encourage. And then for the harder ones, I'm talking, it's been years. If we have time, we'll, we'll, we'll end up one of my testimonies, but years of working on it hard and hard. And, um, and I gave up. And then God delivered. And it might not be you. You might be one of uh, 10 people, by the way, where you helped plant the seed initially. So um, let me open back up as I go over my one-minute challenge. Anyone else? I think, Peter, you kind of touched on a little bit. That when you talked about actions and you knew before he even said it that he was a Christian, well, that shouldn't that be all of us? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that, you know, in your workplace, in your daily life, I think people, if you're living out, love God, love others, people should be naturally drawn to you. Mm-hmm. And through that, people just naturally wanting to know what is different about you is your lead-in on why you're different. Mm-hmm. And I think that just starts with their day-to-day interactions. I mean, your workplace... I mean, how many people, you don't even have to say that you're a Christian, but how many people know by actions, the words that you use, the things that you talk about, know that something is different about you? Perfect, Phil. Every time they sneeze, they say, God bless you. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't have one way or the other. But, Phil, that's, that's Pastor Derek's, is what he called a contagious Christian. Is a, it's, not, uh, it's not necessarily the guy, well, it's usually not the guy screaming on the corner, right? But it's the guy that's serving and loving where you're like, What's what's up with that? I want to be. I want what that guy's got, or I want what she's got. It, it emanates, right? There's just that's what you're saying in so many words. Yes. Yeah. Other something that jumped out when you were talking was that maybe it's because I'm sitting next to where the rubber meets the road. Nate into action, like you can't with a family member, and I have a really struggle with my brother, and I, I kind of go, well, I tried and let it go. Well, if you really, if it really means something to you, you have there has to be an action to it. You have to action. Like you said, serve. You have to serve. You, you have can't, to love. You can't just serve them on Thanksgiving when That's they're right. there and, and tell them about Jesus over and over, or be the light at Thanksgiving. But find out what they need and put an action to it. Go and help in a way that has no agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect. So, what sticks out to me is it's Mark four twenty six. And it says, and he said, and this is Jesus, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, but he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And so what this says to me is, we're just the farmers who's cast out this seed, and it's like, some of the, some of the seed produces, and we're like, what the heck, I was not expecting that. Right. And then it's, usually it's like the seed that you expect to take root is the seed that never does. That's right. And so for me, just to learn from my mistakes, when, when I was in Jeff's spot where, and I still experience this, but like that, freshness of the spirit where it's like you're just hungry for the word and you just can't get enough you told me on Wednesday like I just don't want to stop reading I just I just want to keep on indulging 
Um, when I was at that place, when I got married, I got married with the mindset that my wife was a Christian. I started going to church with her. And when I got on fire for the Lord, I started going to church more and she wouldn't come with me. And so one morning I was trying to get her up out of bed. And I would pause on that for a second. She and her family are the reason you went to church initially yeah, too, right? Yeah. I love that part. Go, go and continue. so, and her mom's kind of my, was, is kind of my spiritual mother in a sense. And so I, in the back of my mind, I was like, she's actually probably, a, my wife's probably a stronger Christian than I am, you know? And when I couldn't get her up out of bed, I was like, how can you say that you're a Christian? How can you say that you love the Lord, but you won't even spend one hour a week with him? And she just started crying. And she never did come with me to church. And from that moment on, there has been this huge division uh, around the topic of faith. And I, I've apologized to her. I've apologized publicly to her. And it wasn't until I finally let go of the reins. I'm like, Holy Spirit, it's not my, it's not my place. This is a relationship between you and her. And as soon as I did that, she started coming with the church. It, it wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you, Casey. It's awesome. And sometimes people want you to go to church, and that feels a little weird. Like, I didn't go to church for probably 10 years mm -hmm. in my 20s. And my dad would talk to me oftentimes on the weekends, like, go to church. Yeah, my dad too. You know, kind of like, yeah. I knew he meant well, but it didn't come across the right way. It didn't make me want to go to church. So, yeah. what's that balance of inviting people to church? We are the church. Yeah. Asking the church to do our job for yep. us of loving people. As I said, uh, I feel you there for sure. You know, my dad was on me and writing letters and I just wasn't ready. My wife's actually the one responsible for driving me back to church. And um, remember, you're not God, right? It, it, ultimately, it's between God and you and me, us, and God and your brother, and God and your sister-in-law. Let's keep that in mind. We can only encourage. So, um, and we hit on those best practices, how do we best encourage, right? We, Start with prayer, and then just serving and loving without having to hit anyone over the head with the Bible too many times. But just let 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 God help guide you instead of you trying to be God in in force feeding. That's I'm convinced is what pushes many people away. Speaking of a hardened heart, um, and we, we can end on any closing. We're ten to the hour. I want to make sure I got a firm pull to go to Luke here. We're going to talk about Zechariah. So anyone got it queued up and ready to read? I, I would like, I want to get through the first part of, uh, until the proper time. Uh, so it's a few paragraphs. So anyone ready for it? Which okay. chapter? Uh, I'm sorry, Luke 1, right out of the gate. Luke 1, up to, yeah. Up to, uh, Jake, do you want to wanna <laughs> take us on that? Many, uh, let's see here. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. 
His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of the incense, and when the time for the burning of the incense came, all of the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until this day happens, because you did not believe my words, which now come true at their appointed time. There we go. Perfect. Thank you. I, a few observations, and we'll open back up. Seven to the hour. Uh, one, I love Luke the way he opens this. Written about there's already a lot of accounts people write about this amazing stuff that's been going on, right? So when you witness something, uh, a good journalist, you write it down, you document, right? And this, what I give, thank you for history and and getting tough stuff recorded. He said after careful observation, keep in mind, you guys correct me, Luke was a doctor, correct? So he talked about meticulous and and well educated. He was one of the more well-educated, for sure, of the, of the disciples that Jesus chose. And he's like, this stuff happened. I'm, we're getting it documented. We're writing this down. And there's multiple. That's what these books are, right? They're, they're, they, you'll say, well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all kind of repeat themselves. But that's because they're each telling their story, their witness testimony of what happened. And again, you get the choice to believe. But what I love about this, too, is as dedicated as Zachariah was, serving the Lord and honoring the commandments, etc., He's blessed, and of course, a theme that comes up in this book all the time is doubt. Doubt suddenly kicks in. We all had our period seasons of doubt. And in this case, it's like, well, now since you're doubting me on this, um, yeah, you're, you're not going to be able to talk. And for, I encourage you to, you know, we're limited on time here today, but I'm going to encourage everyone here and listen just to. Dig into the story more. This is the beginning of, uh, well, of Luca, of the Christmas story. There's more to it, but it's an amazing story. And this John, by the way, they're talking about is John the Baptist. Thank you, Marcus. John the Baptist, right? The guy, the guy that was out baptizing people and clearing the way. And it, it if you get into the story more, it, it all comes together. So, um, reaction. Anything that you've heard that you didn't realize before. 
didn't even doubt him that much. He was just like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) You don't think it was a strong doubt. (laughs) So it is different, though, because so you see Zachariah. Well, first off, let's start with Luke. Who is Luke? Luke, Like you said, he's a doctor. But the reason he's he's writing this down is because a high official named Theophilus wanted a concise and accurate uh, understanding of who Jesus was and if the things are true. mentioned up top. And so that's why it's there. Luke actually is the person who wrote the book of Acts. So as we're in the book of Acts, you could go straight from Luke to Acts and that's a continuation. It's like book two of Luke. Um, But as far as doubting goes, Zechariah says, how is this going to happen? And he doubts. And so he's, he's mute. But then if you look at Mary, how she responds, because the angel says something even bigger. You're not, not only are you going to have a child, but you're going to have a child when you've never had sex. And you're going to bear the Son of God. And she says, how can this be? But it wasn't a, I doubt this. She's like, all things are possible for the Lord, and she was blessed because of it. Mm -hmm. And so it's the difference between doubting in your heart versus, God, this is crazy, but I trust that you can do all things. She says, may your word to me be fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. That makes baby making tough when you're a mute. What's that? (laughs) It makes makes baby making tough when you're a mute. How you supposed to like wine and dine and... Hey, baby, we're going to well, have this That's, prob- awesome that's probably kid. why they... It's probably helpful, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we talk less. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it helped if I talk less. You didn't piss her off all the time, and she... <laughs> Can you imagine Lori? I mean, Lori's like, oh, you're always like... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Everyone Greg always knows. says that that was a, that was a gift to a Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I, Okay, this is, I guess, the note we end on, as we're now close to the top. I mentioned my Uncle Keith before. And so Zechariah, there's this thing, uh, whether you believe in angels or not, there's this, there's an angel, Gabriel, yes? With Mary, there was an angel that had to kind of help explain this stuff because it was so wild from an earthly human viewpoint, right? And then Joseph, imagine being Joseph, you find out your fiance's pregnant, right? How angry would you be? And convinced it has to be another guy, right? The only way he would carry through is if he had a God moment, which he did. It's documented where an angel came to him in a dream, if I'm not mistaken. That's the only way, that's the only way Joseph could continue, right? At least as a guy. Those guys sit around the table. It's the only way I could go forward. If, if Laura is pregnant, it, it would have to be that kind of message. Otherwise, uh, my pride, ego would get in the way. So, say, bring this all the way full circle. So you're talking about your family, and you're talking about your family, and uh, my uncle, my uncle had one of the hardest hearts. Have anyone that's got the family that's got the rift where they weren't talking for years, siblings, etc. That was him. And some of the stuff that happened to him, I actually, I, in his defense, it wasn't all fair. But this guy is the guy that's like, I'm cutting you out of my life. You know, this is it. Uh, no God, and I, 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 he was the one that I kept reaching out to. Encourage every once in a while, not, not a lot. And, um, and finally to the point where I just, I kind of gave up. I gave up. And then one night I get a panic call, but I kept serving, I kept loving that family. And I, I, 
I still do this day, obviously, but I, I get a call, he's, he's at the hospital. Then he got medevac to the university. And then uh, he flatlined. And then now he's in a coma, okay? And for you, some of you heard this, uh, this is important, a lot of you have not. And uh, he came out of that coma eventually. It was like 60, I don't know, it was a, it was a good time later. Like he was in there for a while. Uh, I was one of the first calls. And I'm not saying that'd be braggadocious. What I'm saying is I kept building a bridge, even though his heart was hard and I kept, I love him. And I was one of the bridges of the family to help communicate between the ones that weren't talking. And I'm going to encourage you guys to take on that role for your family where there's a rift. Keep loving and serving. And what he told me was, I, went to, I was in this place where it was a maze indoors. It wasn't hellfire, but it was hot. And he was thirsty. And, and, uh, he, but he couldn't drink. There's some parallels to that, yes, when you hear about certain stories. And then my, like an angel, like an angel, but it was my great-grandma, his grandma that came to him and said, Keith, you're not done yet. You need to go back and forgive. And then he came out of that coma. And he called me with excitement. He, he sketched it out. Keep in mind, what we prayed earlier about, sometimes the least likely, God loves to use the least likely to end up shining light. That's Keith. Because anyone in my family knew, like, if anyone would say, yeah, I went to heaven and you're all supposed to forgive me. <laughs> that wasn't his message. His message was, I need, even though maybe some of you wrong me, I, but I need to let go. I need to forgive. His heart changed, totally different. Uh, we all, the ones that he had the hardest time with, we all were in his house on Good Friday. And then a couple months later, he died. So, let that lean on your hearts. I want you, I encourage everyone to get in here and read this and talk about what would need to happen for you to go through with this, right? And, um, and as you read this further, you'll learn Zechariah does end up talking again, right? After the birth, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. anyway, it's, this stuff is so good. And I, again, I, we, we can preach on this, we can Bible bang on this, but you guys, best eminent light by just sharing what works. Phil, you said living action words, yes? So we're going to end in prayer. And, Real uh, quick. Yeah. The please. reason your brother came to you wasn't because you were... Uh, My uncle. Or your uncle came to you was, wasn't because you were, you know, this judgmental, always got to be right Christian, right? Right. So, like, we, we know the truth that we stand on. You know, a lot of times our passion for that comes across as confrontational. Mm -hmm. But it's not always being right. It's always showing love. Showing love. And that's what Jesus was bringing to the Pharisees. It's not about being right. It's about loving. And he felt that from you. It was easier for him to come to you first because he knew he was going to get love and not, well, now that you've been to heaven, you need to know some things. It's just You don't have to accept everything, but we're supposed to love through it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Hot Rod. We're going to end on that note. So everyone, please keep loving, especially on the, the hardest of hearts. So thank you. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much again for joining us. Bless your hearts for you out there that, that do want to share and, and do want to encourage others. Uh, if you're hesitant, you are absolutely not alone. You don't want to freak people out. On the flip side, you don't want to miss an opportunity to encourage someone. Reminds me of the time uh, Rick had just shared a couple podcasts ago about seeing a mutual friend of his wife's. 
And uh, he pulled, they pulled over and they talked to him and they just made small talk. And then one week later, Rick learns that the guy died. And he regrets and wonders if he, if he should have been sharing more at the time, didn't know where he was at. And, and I, I feel for Rick, by the way. There's no uh, judgment there at all. Personally, I've missed many opportunities by either being in a hurry or just chickening out. And when in doubt, I just say, pray and serve that person in love, whether a stranger or a loved one, and then ask. If they're not ready, or excuse me, if they are ready, then be ready. And if they're not ready, well, respect that. And then repeat. You know, it's hard not to respect someone that repeatedly loves and cares for you, correct? If anything, you're just going to be guilty of loving someone. On the flip side, it's very easy for one to resent someone that is trying to force feed and in Bible banging and judging and condescending. Remember, look up, not down. On that note, uh, Judah Jake brought the song to my attention based on last week's insight by Jeff on uh, basic instructions before leaving earth. If I have to pick one verse for the basic instructions, it's John 3.16. And remember, it's, uh, yeah, it's your choice. And it's your loved one's choice and the stranger's choice, etc. This song is by Jiza, and if you dig it, add it to your playlist. Thanks again for joining. Instead of hoping on revivals, go 
screaming hallelujah. When he hallelujah, that's how the devil fooled you. See, look into my eyes, brother.